0: Boy Podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson.
1: And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Woo. <laughs> and we're back from for some eerie Abe and the Drowning. Creepy one. Yeah, very creepy. Uh, I did, I just, just so we know, even though we're not going to be covering the final chapter on this episode, Kate, I did read the entire thing. I yeah. just went ahead. I read it. Yeah. Full disclosure, I started reading the next thing we're going to cover after this, just because... Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm all about reading. (laughs) But we'll be covering chapters um, three and four in The Drowning this week. Uh, Very excited to get to those and talk about the covers as well. But before we get to that, Kate, we got our segment, which we love. We can't do it without all of you out there. It's Oh Boy... Email. Email. (laughs) I think that was the most in sync we've been on that. Maybe we we harmonized on that one. (laughs) Uh, I I think we've attempted to harmonize, but that one we truly achieved. (laughs) I don't
0: think we're anywhere (laughs) close. (laughs) Very. My computer screen has a crack
1: in it now. Oh boy! (laughs) At least that means we got that high pitch. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Cool. Well, we got one email that's very delightful um, to cover. This email comes from a prior um, uh, emailer as well as a regular listener. Um, They go by um, the name uh, TwitchTeen24. (laughs) Uh, uh, And it's also her name is Yuki. Yuki. Uh, the email she sent, she has two images we'll discuss in a moment, but her email says, <laughs> we're giggling because we really think this is a delightful email. It's uh, so sweet. It is very sweet. And so what Yuki says, is, she says, hey, it's me, Yuki. I thought of you guys and I just got a Hellboy smoke pipe because as you know, I have severe Tourette syndrome and smoking does help a bit. I also got a medical ID bracelet also, but this pipe reminded me of you guys. That I love your podcast so much. And you guys are so amazing. And when I'm struggling, I come here and listen to you guys. I can't wait to listen to more. I'm all caught up. This, this is so exciting. Emoji, yeah. heart, emoji heart face and emoji like scream face. Great. Um, And she sent us two pictures of Pictures her, of the pipe. Of the pipe. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. I love it. It's
0: like just a nice little bowl, but it has this fun like hole in the like close to where you put your mouth which i don't see a lot
1: it's an interesting
0: shaped pipe and then it has it's like a nice red color like a nice like dark red color with hellboy like the hellboy logo written on the
1: like stem of it i guess
0: (laughs) it's so cute this is like a this is like a hell to pay too
1: yeah, this is definitely Hellboy. I bet so, if we
0: Googled Hellboy Pipe, we could, you know, it's probably like Etsy or something.
1: Yeah, or maybe there's just, maybe Dark Horse is licensed out a bunch Dude, of Dude, there's there's <laughs> dozens.
0: I just Googled and there's so many.
1: Uh, um, so funny. Well, one day we're going to have to have an episode where we just get high off of these and try <laughs> to do the <this> show.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, if you think we, I can't remember a name now, it's like... I'll take like one hit and be just
1: completely useless. I, I that that's a thing. Oh, and also the the pipe itself has a uh, the BP. Did you say the BPRD logo as well as on the end on the second photo? It's on the the where oh, the oh that's where, awesome. Where you pack yeah, it. like
0: the bowl part. Yeah, yeah. that's great. It's
1: so I good. Love
0: that. There's I'm, a ton of Hellboy weed paraphernalia kind of shit that I'm finding. Oh, I love I'm it. I'm finding, like, grinders and, like, rolling trays, everything. There's so much shit. I'm telling you right now, if we... I never thought to Google
1: this. I, I never did either. <laughs> but I'm saying... I have, a,
0: I have a bowl that was given to me by a friend, like, five years ago that we still use. We clean it, obviously, but... yeah you know it's when we've dropped it seven dozen times and it's still <laughs> in one piece
1: well i would say if we by by 420 2021 uh-huh if we both have the uh, uh, a a helpway pipe in our possession we're doing we'll do it. A weed we're going we're going to do a weed episode <laughs> if and uh, hey audience listeners tell us if you'd be into us <laughs> Would you want us to get high for an episode smoking out of a Hellboy pipe? Because I can make it happen Could one you way bear or way. It? Could, Could you bear it? Could you bear it? Because it? it's already hard to bear, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some of these are fucking cool looking, though. They really are neat. Oh, wow. You're
1: really on a deep dive. I'm not going to... guess we're not going to show. I'll I'm just you I'm like, the first little
0: section of uh, Google Images, dude. It's cute. Nice. I don't know what you call this little circle in the stem, but it's very, uh, cool looking. It must yeah. be for just like holding it better. I don't know.
1: Maybe I'm not a kind of it. So I'd have no clue at all.
0: <laughs> no, I am a very lightweight. I should say I have no drug bravado whatsoever, but this is, especially for Yuki. It's something like helpful.
1: Oh, I bet. That like helps a lot of people function. And I'm, I'm really happy Yuki that you, um, find that to, to, Help and I like that. We're I love to hear that our show is helping you uh, relax and.
0: I mean, really, that is a nice thing. Like, if the thing that you get high and do is listen to the podcast, then that's a that's a huge compliment.
1: Yeah, what an honor.
0: <laughs> it's nice.
1: I agree. So thank you. Thank you, you, you for you
0: emailing us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. But that is. That's it. That delightful email is all we got and it's all we needed for today to keep us going. <laughs> it powered me up. Really did. So let's get into it. This episode, we're just gonna jump right into the the story. We're getting right we're getting right in there. We're we're oh, yeah. we're diving in for the drowning. <laughs> oh, we're diving into the deep end. You wanna give us some credits and then reek. And then then recap where we left off a bit.
0: Yeah. So Abe Sapien, The Drowning, written by Mike Mignola, illustrated by Jason Sean Alexander, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. Boo. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, boo. So we're sort of, basically what we're doing is following Abe on basically his first kind of solo Mission. He's got other human members of the BPRD backing him up, but he's not accompanied by Hellboy or Liz, so he's the only, like, super BPRD guy here. So he's feeling the pressure. It's supposed to be a simple mission. Broom's like, you got this. You just got to go retrieve this dagger. But, of course, shit goes awry. They're attacked. The dagger, uh, you know, being removed turns out to be a terrible thing and unleashes this power that we saw in the beginning, these... Uh, little devils and this uh, this other figure who's still kind of shrouded in mystery as of yet. Well, uh. we know who he is. We know he's like this Dutch warlock who was condemned and was stabbed in the heart with this uh, dagger by Edward. What the fuck is his name? Edward Gray. Edward Gray. Yeah. Who like barely made it out alive. There was like a whole mess. But they like trapped the soul of this guy in this body basically by stabbing him. So removing it, of course, all hell is broken loose. And we left off with the town being completely like sucked, like sapped of their souls. Yeah. And I mean, sort of like a sea witch, would you call this woman whose son is is here helping to hide this body in a church, trying to hide it from the, the devils?
1: Yeah, I would call it. I mean, that's a good descriptor off of just like context clues and how how she yeah. dresses. So.
0: yeah. She's clearly like involved with the sea and her son is like currently guarding the body in the church. Abe has, he he knows he has to get to this church and try to like stop these guys. So that's where we start with uh, the statue of St. Sebastian looking at this. Can we like, talk
1: about the cover real quick? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I think this, again, I, I think he's using these covers a lot as like sort of, I, I think I said like like teases into what's to come into issue. And I think he does that really well, especially on disc number three, because number three is this really cool Mignola, uh, of course, artwork with Dave Stewart's colors, but it's like mid battle. Um, we have Abe and I let, I really like this design that uh, Mignola is doing for Abe on this cover. I, I don't know. I just like his, I like his stance. He's like, sort of like, combative stance. He has looks like he has firm yeah. ground and then this wild fucking dragon.
0: <laughs> he's definitely more like filled out than, than we see uh, like in earlier depictions. Yes. Like of Mignola's Abe Sapien. he's more slight and like sinewy kind of diver here. He has like a little bit more meat on his bones and he's like in this very powerful, like holding the jaw of this creature, Arm cocked back, ready to punch it out. A really like exciting sort of like pulp cover.
1: Yeah, I agree. And he's it's sort of like almost if his hellboy or excuse me, Abe Sabian was doing his best hellboy impression in a fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like he has to. He's like, I have to rise to this hellboy level and, you know, do the ass kicking that would usually be re- Required of Hellboy. And we get this cool insert of the eye here as well. It's really cool looking. Yeah. And you don't see, I feel like he doesn't draw Abe in profile like this a lot. So you kind of get to see this cool angle that you don't see very often where he's like totally, his head is turned to the side completely.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to see him do that. And just like, cause yeah, you never see like that slick Head like the, the the head shape on him and his strong jaw, mm-hmm. which is really predominant in this. this like cover.
0: Mignola will do a lot of like three quarter, like the face is three quarters facing us, the viewer. But yeah, in this one, he's fully facing this creature and it creates such a strong there's like a super strong diagonal here like he does he does a lot um he'll either do like a pyramid or a strong diagonal most of the time Mm -hmm. sometimes he'll do like just a vertical sort of composition for these covers but you know it's a very like action angle
1: kind of a thing and then there's that classic Mignola little like panel inside the picture which yeah, th- this cracked statue eye. Oh, is that what it is? It's a statue
0: eye. I, I that's didn't... what it looks like to me. It looks like pockmarked and oh. um, like it looks like a carving to me.
1: Great. I was like wondering if it was it was the lady's eye or what. So. It
0: maybe you know it could be. It very but, well could be.
1: But the description makes it sound like yeah, it's like a statue of some sort. But
0: because his style definitely is starting. It's changed so much. I mean, Mm -hmm. at this point, you know, his style has developed so much at this point where his figures are becoming more like, like his style is becoming more distinct. And I can you can kind of like differentiate this eye less from whether it's a statue or a living eye, I would say. I think you're right. I think that's definitely. I think it's, I mean, it looks statuesque to me, but maybe that's the intention is to kind of keep it vague.
1: Yeah, and I'm, like, wondering if it's the woman's eye when she, you know, she's dead, and then we'll, we'll find out, we can get into the story, how she becomes another, she continues to be a player in the story, so. Yeah. That's what I was thinking with the coloring, but. Uh well, we'll, we'll, well, maybe somebody out there can tell us, you know what I mean, what they thought. Or, what they thought. <laughs> yeah. or maybe something will come up while we're reading it again and we'll go, oh, of course that's what it is. Like, oh, doy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, yeah, where you left off, we we're just looking at the St. Sebastian statue yeah, with that we, glowing uh, light in the back.
0: Ooh. Yeah, very eerie. We have like the, the glowing light of like the souls that have been captured from all of these townspeople. And then these sort of little flickering, fizzling bits of energy that are floating down to Abe. And as soon as one lands on the ground, there's a giant explosion that knocks him off his feet. And he's, as he's kind of recovering and getting back up, he sees one of these demon guys who, like, I guess had heard him in the last issue smashing his radio against the wall. One of these little demons is floating, emerging from the the smoke and sort of generating more of this energy mm-hmm. from his palms and blasting Abe with it like little tiny bombs that are exploding. As that's oh, oh what's up oh sorry Jessica asked if I wanted to it's ten thirty in the morning but I'm gonna try some of this beer right now sorry.
1: What is it like is it like a beer you're interrupting the show for a beer is the beer what's what makes this beer special enough to to interrupt. It's-
0: it's, it's howling, how she's cooking with it. Howling Gourds Pumpkin Ale from Trader Joe's. Okay. So like we haven't had a pumpkin beer in like a while, so I think she wanted to give it to me. Sorry. Well, okay.
1: You, well, there you go, everybody. You our little plug for Trader Joe's
0: for Howling Gourds. <laughs> um. Very cute. (laughs) Nice morning beer. Um, (laughs) I swear I'm like living a fine life. Um, (laughs) Okay. So yeah, Abe is getting blasted by these bits of energy from one of these demons.
1: I think it's very funny and maybe a little telling on how much I associate um, certain vernacular to characters, especially in the verse. because as soon as he says son of a... I kept going, oh, he's just trying to be Hellboy.
0: <laughs> yeah, or he's, you know, he's, like, just learned with Hellboy. Yes. Like, he's been hanging out with Hellboy, clearly.
1: <laughs> oh, it's um, very funny how much I associate that with, with Hellboy versus, like, yeah. Abe, I feel like, it would be more well-spoken. But you're right. Like, he's definitely probably been training in the last two years with Hellboy.
0: So, and he tries to, like, talk to the devil guy first. Yeah. He's like... Whoever you are, stop right there. Like he's trying to reason with him, even though he's already been blasted with some form of explosive. (laughs) So he's like still trying to talk his way out of it, like, okay, let me let let my training kick in. But of course, as soon as he gets, you know, as soon as he says that, some more energy starts being generated and blasting towards him. So it's just like, oh, son, I'm going to be taking this hit right now, son (laughs) of a. And. we hear the continued explosions, and then we cut to this church where the son of that sea witch woman is lying on the ground, and the box containing the body of of this Dutch warlock is contained there, still has the dagger in his chest. And we see three three of the little devils, and then the one floating devil who's like, the cooler for all of the souls, you know? He's, like, <laughs> yeah. containing all of the souls, <laughs> floating there with them. They destroy the box. They, like, blast the pieces back with just, like, a flick of their hand. They're, Ooh. like, little, cool, like, little powerful Yodas. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fair they're, life. like, these wrinkly little sh- short guys. Yeah. Um. But who have, like, mighty power at their disposal. They're all sort of still standing back, examining the dagger, kind of like seeing you know weighing their options like and then they speak to each other in an ancient some ancient language yeah which we can tell through like their speech bubbles have like fun symbols which i don't know if has if they have any actual basis in any real ancient language or not but we're, I think that's, you know, that's the gist of what we're supposed to get from this panel.
1: Yeah, totally. Panel.
0: They're sort of weighing it out. So one, they kind of discuss, one reaches out his hand, cuts back to Abe sort of stumbling after the explosion has knocked him down. And then another explosion hits him. And then we have a panel of St. Sebastian who we who we kind of like, you know, St. Sebastian and Abe, they're drawing this comparison here because... St. Sebastian was shot with all of these arrows and and almost killed. He survived this thing that is being depicted, this event that's being depicted being shot all those times. Yeah, but he was, you know, he and he died later. It turns out from all being clubbed to death after surviving this thing. Yep. So he's still a martyr. So they're drawing this like comparison of like Abe is standing up for good. Also, like this saint is clearly like forgotten. Kind of, it's like a yeah. it's a statue of a remnant of like a tortured person who is trying to stand up for the for good. And Abe is standing up for good and also taking his beating right now for doing that totally it's brutal the the art is so cool on the like there's so much happening so many different like forms of energy being depicted on this one page yeah it's super interesting and cool how like between the like like jason sean alexander's kind of like ink like brush like Uh, line work here
1: especially on this bottom panel apparently i just want to interject just because i think in reading it and then reading like the back apparently like this went like typically i think i might be getting this slightly wrong but i if i remember this right from the like the sketchbook in the back and i'm only interjecting because you brought up his ink work and i think that's very distinct is like he he didn't he maybe did pencils but he didn't hand in pencils. He didn't go and do pencils like would typically, then it would go to an inker and then go to Dave Stewart. Yeah. Apparently it went like Jason did the inks. Like that's how it was. That was the process was like he, he completed the inks and then it went to color, I believe. And I think that's very distinct and it feels very distinct. And like, I think the inks are again, I think Dave, Dave Stewart's and the inks are working so well together.
0: Do you know it, if an artist is doing both the pencils and the inks if they're getting paid as much as like the combined like salary a of a of a of a penciler and an inker?
1: I don't know. That's a I, great. I question. wonder. That's a. I mean, definitely. If anybody
0: knows the answer to that, like we have a couple people who are involved with comics or so, like, or even if you aren't involved with the industry, but maybe just know. Um, I do wonder if that's the case. Or if it varies from like publisher to publisher, or like what the yeah. deal is with that,
1: because creator-owned, yeah, would be different versus like what Marvel does. I mean, I Dark see, Horse would pay them, right? Yeah, they would pay to a degree. Yeah, I would assume so. But I just feel like their way of their structure—I'm assuming way too much than I know—but I'm assuming that Dark Horse or like any of the 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 creator-owned book lines, the image, and so forth would probably their, their payment structure the way they pay out might be different from like a Marvel or DC. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: I truly have no idea. I I if anybody knows that, I don't know. Hit us it's a up. Great
1: question though. But back to the uh, us unknowing how much he's getting paid, Jason yeah, yeah. Alexander. <laughs> I just think that like I just it, it made me it made more sense to me to read that he, he did the inks as well and that's what he handed over for to be colored because I just think it just feels like such a strong choice. These dark blacks and where the inks land versus like handing over inks and sort of like not the inkers. Cause if you read, we've talked about this before, especially with the history of fantastic four inkers do have their input changes a lot. Oh, so much. Yeah. But it just seems, it seems very cool that I think Jason Sean Alexander is inks from Pencil to inks was a big influence in the look of this. And then Dave Stewart only gave it more. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was a long winded way of just saying, Jason, Sean Alexander, you you killed it in this book. Yeah, <laughs> it's really
0: cool. Because we see, so we see the explosion impacting Abe. And he's um, sort of like half illuminated, half silhouetted by this blast of energy. And then we see the fallout, the sort of like smoke and debris enshrouding this statue of St. Sebastian. Then it cuts back to inside the church. One of the devils is reaching. He's like, they like drew straws or, you know, it, it, you know, in their <laughs> conversation, they were like, OK, well, you it's your turn to jump on the grenade. So <laughs> yeah. one of them is reaching for the dagger. Um, his hand like lingers there. And then as he grabs it instantly, there's like whom like this blast of energy Whoa. that just totally like blows the rest of this guy up like his hand remains dangling from the dagger totally disembodied from the rest of him which is
1: gone like destroyed i love that it's like a clean even though that energy feels like so chaotic the the hand that's left hanging is such a clean cut Yeah. <laughs> so it gives that like supernatural feel it's magical to for sure yeah <laughs>
0: Like, okay. And then the rest of them look at each other like, <laughs> all right, we're not going to be able to touch this. And the hand, like, let's go and clungs to the floor. <laughs> great, great, uh, like, sound effects in this. It's really funny. Yes. <laughs> then we cut back out to outside the church. This, uh, the devil that's fighting Abe out here is you know he's happy he's like I'm kicking this guy's ass (laughs) (laughs) he's floating around Abe is we were kind of like seeing these like Abe's like thought process basically his doubts are being are are being written out here Abe don't do it don't do it you're not like you're not ready like these kind of doubts that are still permeating his thoughts here
1: yeah, which we know from the previous issue that it was manifested as, like, Hellboy as well as um, Liz.
0: Yeah, like, fully appearing to him as a, like, like a full-blown, like, apparition being like, hey, you can't, you're bad, you can't do this. <laughs> um, so Abe is, like, literally yells out, quiet, grabs the little ankles of
1: this guy, whips him around, checks him into the smoke. I really like this moment of, like, him competing... I think they illustrate really well on this this simple action sequence with, yes. with this demon. What you were talking about, that duality of his, like, him coming, him turning, tuning out the voices. Because I love when he grabs it, the, the, the voice says, now what are you going to do? And then he's just like, ah, uh, and then just makes a strong choice and throws yeah. him on this fucking statue. You know, whip
0: him over here. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, sure you did and (laughs) then we like kind of zoom out and we see that the devil is impaled on the spikes that are sticking out of the statue of saint sebastian um uh it's all right you didn't know anything more than you did a minute ago but you killed the bad guy you saved your own life so he's like and he's continuing to be like quiet like his own he's just beating himself up right now yeah. He's really, really battling his doubt and um, like self criticism here. The devil guy turns to dust and floats away. He's just he's toast. And I
1: really love Jason Ale- uh Jason Sean Alexander's work right there. Yeah, Couldn't, I had to put the Sean in there or I'll think it's George Costanza. But. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've talked about that before. But I do love his work of that first anguish that the demon has when he first, when he impels him, where it's just Mm -hmm. like before we even see what happened. And then I love the disintegration, those two panels that he displays is so good. Like that, the disintegration of the the demon into dust is just gorgeous work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then I also like this um, sort of like it looks like a dry brush kind of thing for like Abe in the foreground. Almost like the focus is on the thing in the background as the demon is like running through the smoke where the like focus is on him because he's like Jason. Sean Alexander's used this like dry brush kind of technique to make the outline of Abe a little fuzzy. So it feels very cinematic. It feels very much like the thing in the foreground is... uh, is out of focus and mm-hmm. um, and like this cool, like silhouette. It's really neat. Like there's a lot of like cool shit that like, no wonder I, I know like Scott Alley in the beginning was saying that like, Oh, this came about because of a lot of times this happens because Mignola wants to work with XYZ artist. And I you can totally see why this guy's awesome. Yeah. And Abe calls him to stop. He's chasing this little guy. This is uh, this guy has like a tattoo of a serpent on his chest. And once Abe has him cornered, of course, the serpent starts emerging from his chest, coming to life, growing huge (laughs) and starts like growling and howling wildly at him. This like crazy. I imagine like a really surreal alien kind of shriek. Um yeah. it, it looks like a serpent, but it's got like awesome Magnola-y tusks on the front, you know, like sort of those like interlocking tusks on the top and bottom. Yeah. It's um, such a
1: unique a design of a serpenty dragon. Yeah, it's very cool. And it's weird ass like nails that are like longer that like really almost look like they're I, yeah these long
0: they, like you, you ever you ever watch um salad fingers
1: i think i've heard of salad Do you know fingers. what i'm talking yes. about yeah yes it's like a really
0: gross <laughs> early like it's like a kind of like i don't know what that animation style is or whatever like flash animation i guess Mm -hmm. just like a intentionally creepy like twisted kind (laughs) of like freaky little guy (laughs) but he's got these long fingers and that kind of reminds me of that but they look so sharp right like the rest of him is just this big serpent is like one big muscle and writhing around and then he's got these sharp little daggers on the end of his like on the end of his uh hands here they're really creepy big glowing eyes you know the kind of thing where it's like oh I'm not going to easily escape this thing
1: yeah and I really like all the the postures that that Jason is giving our character or Abe like on that when the when the dragon is popping out from the alley just like the motion that he's giving Abe he's definitely on the mood and then like when it crashes into the wall, I love the, I love everything that's happening with Abe's body and his facial expression right there yeah. in the corner of that panel. It's just so cool. Yeah,
0: you get the impression that he's just going as fast, you know, he's running for his life. He's just dodging around this ancient town. He, uh, does he chuck a rock
1: at him here? He
0: like, that's hits the him same with thing the I was gonna ask
1: you is like, I think I that's think so. what's going on. He's
0: like throwing this rock, hitting him with a clud, and uh, the thing's kind of tongue kind of lolls out of its mouth for a second. It has like <laughs> this very old feeling kind of dragon. It looks very eel like. It's appropriate for like a sea adjacent kind of thing. but it also like it reminds me of in like the Cimmerillion i I didn't read all of the Cimmerillion, but there's like an ancient dragon that's basically a big lizard. It doesn't have any wings or anything. It's mm-hmm. like just old it's supposed to feel like primordial don't ask me what it's fucking called but um (laughs) but that's what this thing feels like to me like a very very old kind of a creature which ties in i think to as we'll find out who these guys are kind of ties into that uh, totally a lot so yeah he gets he gets knocked by a, a rock that Abe throws and is kind of screeching into the sky. Then it cuts back to the church and we see the remaining the two remaining devils that are in the church with the body of this warlock and also the body of the son of that sea witch who's lying down and the one of the devils is like inscribing these little Runes, kind of like yeah. ancient language, tattooing his body with it, um, writing it out. And the son is like, no, no, like, doesn't want this to happen. He kind of knows that they're trying to reanimate him, which they do. You can't make me do it. So, like, you get the impression, okay, they're trying to reanimate this uh, the sun, so he can pull the dagger out. Yeah. Cut back to Abe continuing to make chase. He gets into a building, slams the door. Um, still fighting, you know, fighting literally this giant monster, but also fighting his self-doubt and criticism in his head. Mm -hmm. Um, He's holding the thing at bay for now. What's left of his radio starts going off, and somebody at the BPRD is like, oh, hey, like, we have reception now. Do you need (laughs) help? And he's like, yeah, hang on. And then he drops it and then falls down into a sewer grate that's uh, in the middle of this (laughs) building. It's some sort of, like, I don't know what this room would be but it looks like a stable or something like there's like yeah. maybe like a fish yeah some sort of like fish I, yeah that makes fucking Bin's shack
1: yeah because it's like they're way we- they have a weight they're literally weighing the fish yeah the drain probably for letting washing out all the guts into the sewer all the junk but i really like this moment because he's fighting this this dragon he pulls out that and it feels like the boom Like, it feels like the dragon does one last boom that really makes makes Abe flinch, and that's how he drops. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) definitely.
0: Yeah, it's not like Abe's just, like, butterfingers. Like, he's holding the door closed against this giant dragon, and that thing, like, slamming into him. It has, like, the momentum has knocked the radio out of his hands and down into, you know, we hear a splosh. (laughs) <laughs> so we know that radio has gone. And this BPRD agent on the other end is like, oh, the line's gone dead. Broom's like, OK, well, I'm going to head over there, send over these other agents that are still in Paris. That's great. The creature busts down the door. Abe rips up the, the grate that's over the sewer where, where we just saw the, the radio fall. Throws the grate at the thing's face and just jumps down. Doesn't know what's down there, but he takes a dive. Very Hellboy-like, too, just falling down through a, <laughs> you know, rather than, like, falling through the floor, he's, he's falling through a hole in the floor that's already there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he splashes down into the water. There's all these eels surrounding him. But they don't seem to attack him. They're just kind of like around Abe. Yeah, which um, I think
1: is I think is alludes to the magic that this witch and her mother will will learn yeah. about later on have in. Canted in, within this island. I
0: and think. that Abe has inherent in him, too. Yeah, I think, like, everything about this, you know, everything about, like, Abe's yes. nature, like, he, it makes sense that these things don't attack him, basically. He's not sure why. He's just like, I'm in here, but they're not biting me. <laughs> he looks up, and this creature is, like, trying to writhe and wriggle through the, you know, he's huge, so its it seems like he's, like, squeezing through this uh, the hole as best he can uh, gives Abe enough time to quickly swim over to the side as this like ancient serpent falls down into the underground sewer falls into the water and then the eels start attacking it so yeah, yeah they're like they're definitely affiliated with this sea witch and and the po- whatever powers her I think is like you know they, these creatures like know to attack this bad thing. And the serpent turns back into the devil who is overtaken by the eels and is pulled under the water. And then it's like placid water. So he's toast.
1: Yeah, classic hand dipping yeah. into the, the water. Yeah, that's the last again. thing to
0: go, like the Terminator, <laughs> like going, <laughs> dipping down. Yeah. Terminator, um,
1: great reference.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all. When I think of slowly sinking down into some liquid, I, you know, it's not water, but the, yeah, yeah, a little thumbs up at the end. <laughs> and then Abe is like, you know, just kind of looking at that scene. And then here's a voice. Um, now follow me, which is like this. This is like a round speech bubble with like a blue background. So we know it's distinct from the like purple narration squares that we've been seeing so far, which we have interpreted as Abe's like inner monologue. Yeah. eating himself up so we can tell that this voice is different from the one that he's been hearing previously he's hearing a lot of voices and this one which
1: is which is really cool that you like that uh, that simple of a choice can really make it very distinct for us as readers oh yeah like a circle like a softer circle versus like the square because it's very rigid and if you if you're like at its most base level it's like all the language too in the squares is very rigid and like you know what I mean, and hard at hard for him. Yeah. Whereas now with this softer, even the language is more like welcoming and like yeah, helpful in a yeah. way.
0: And I think it's a cool, it's an interesting choice too. And I I don't know if we ever really see thought bubbles in Hellboy or BPRD. Uh, is it always presented as like these narration like boxes? I guess it's less cluttered it's like more of a aesthetically pleasing like simple look and you're still effective way of hearing the inner monologue of the characters without having like a balloony a very like cloudy looking speech bubble I guess that feels like cartoonier or something
1: yeah and I think with Mignola being as like so minimalistic you don't see it a lot yeah you don't get a lot of that it's more just like let's show it in the visuals
0: and it's as clear It's like as, you know, you know what, oh, these are his thoughts without having this sort of like, I guess, less sophisticated look looking way of showing the same thing. Totally. Yeah. So we get this other like... Perfectly round speech bubble with, like, smaller text inside, you know, now follow me. Like, almost as though it's otherworldly or far away or something. Like, we get the impression that it's, like, a fainter voice. Abe says, who's there? Looks over his shoulder. We see the witch with her hands, like, kind of folded, crouching a little bit, you know? Not, like, threatening, but very, clearly very old. She's a very old thing herself. "Uh, Ma'am, what are you? Hurry. And, like, she's kind of making haste and going up these stairs. Abe follows her up some stairs into a dark room where we see, like, crows or ravens at the window flapping and pecking and trying to get in. We see this woman's body, the, her, like, <laughs> dead body. Brutal. Uh, yeah, So so very, so creepy, you know? It's like, she's, and she doesn't look like she died easy. We know from the last issue that these de- devils, like, came to her as a shadow and, like, crunched her. So she went out in a kind of a brutal way. She's, like, looking up. Very, I mean, this is, like, reminiscent of St. Sebastian, too. She has, like, these ornaments in her hair, but they're reminiscent of, like, the bolts or arrows that are penetrating St. Sebastian. She's, like, looking up in a similar kind of... she's, She's, like, very, like... Saint-like in her own way, in her own like unchristian way, I guess. Yeah. She's also surrounded by like sea stuff, the sea star and the you know, all that shit. So and her ghost, like we now know, is her ghost is like, oh yeah, dead before her time. So uh hey, I need your hands because I'm a ghost. Come with me. And like she sort of starts explaining like my mother promised me to the sea, but these You know, these birds want to take me away to hell. But listen, I'm promised to the sea, Okay. Anyway, come with me. (laughs) And uh, he's like sort of trying to piece it together. And we see like a shot of the dagger still stuck in the body of the warlock. And then we see like the outside is so eerie. It reminds me of I think we said this last time, but it reminds me of when we had the fires and it was like, yeah. brown, it was like brown outside, you know, in California. So
1: I assume that you, you still are looking at a, 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 a version that doesn't do the chapters. Oh stops. yeah. Yeah. Is that, where does it stop there? So the, the how chapter um, three ends is on that page where they show the crows and they're like in the foreground, they're the focal point and they're in yeah. silhouette. And so, and then it goes through the crows. She pretty much says they can't come in, but I'm turn my blood's turning cold and my power's failing. And then the dagger, and so much can be lost. And then the last, the last moment in the in the chapter three is that all her just shrouded in darkness, saying, Eww. "Give me your hands." Yeah. So it's a great, cool little creepy fl- cliffhanger of "Give me your hands." That is. And that's cool. the end of chapter three. So yeah. So now we're on. Before we get to that, what you're talking about, which I think you're you're right on with the oh yeah the the exterior and shit's really getting bad. Um, we have our next cover, which is, uh, for chapter four, which is Abe, of course, center stage, um, or center, center stage, center, uh, cover, center, the center Center page. page. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then like a weird crow that's like half bones, half
0: dead and half, yeah, half like completely bones and then half still covered with flesh and feathers.
1: And Abe really looks off, like, caught off guard as this claw comes towards him.
0: Yeah, it's, like, totally engulfing him and, yeah, very, like, eminent danger. And we have a yes. similar eye, but this time, rather than the blue, it's in a sort of a, like, sepia tones, kind
1: of yellow, yellowy tone. Yeah, so maybe that, it's, like, a hint that like, some good energy is going to be recovered, I guess. Sort of, I'm trying to, like, and then it's, like, we. it definitely has all these teasers, and I love it for these yeah. covers. They're teasing everything that's about to happen for you. Really, it's it's really good in that way of like, if I was reading this month to month, I'd be like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> even the, co-
0: yeah, the colors, like this crow is a really dark gray against a totally black background. So it's like Abe is getting engulfed in darkness here, but there's this little square of light slash hope. There's a lot of like darkness versus light. Kind of talk in this whole, in these few issues. So that's like really emphasized on the cover too.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's very it's cool. Yeah, great work, Mignola.
0: And that makes sense that that's where this would begin because we see like an exterior shot of the house sort of establishing again where we are.
1: Yeah, looking like you said, the fires and LA. all <laughs> Yeah, it looks like,
0: you know, almost totally blacked out. We see like a ton of these crows you know, perched on wires and kind of dipping around on the ground and flying through the air and blotting out the sun. Super creepy. Yeah, and we see Saint Sebastian. That's where we are. The woman continues saying, like, I'm promised to the sea, and and that's what we're going to do. So, And she's drawn, like, a magic circle with the writings of who we would assume is, like, the originator of her power. Like, wherever she got her power, she, like, wrote something out. Oh, and the circle's surrounded by candles. And we see that Abe is now speaking for her. He is speaking with the same blue background speech bubble that she was speaking
1: to him with
0: on the last issue.
1: I assume that she has possessed his his body, right?
0: I would say so. And she has her body lying on the circle here. He's continuing to speak in... You know, some ancient <laughs> maritime kind of shit, like yeah. some ancient sea language. As the crows are starting to peck through the glass, then in the next panel, shit's really going crazy. Abe's continuing to speak the incantation with through her voice, um, and I will live forever. Aman et atami, and like the now, there's like an enormous crow behind him. This cool like more like cool brush techniques to make it look like they're like almost like a tornado around him like this sort of whirlwind storm of uh crows flying around him the candles all get snuffed out it looks like one even like smacks abe on the head like swacks him with the claw and like they're really starting to like go so quickly that they're all like blending together into this like mass of evil crow energy that are completely encircling him. like Yeah, like you said, it's like
1: the center of a tornado with all these eyeballs and feathers of darkness. Yeah, this crazy
0: crow maelstrom that's happening as Abe's continuing to speak her words, uh, you are my shield and my armor, like praying to this sea god figure. And Abe, of course, also starts to see Hellboy. Abe, what the hell are you doing? Um, but you know, he can't be stopped at this point. He's like continuing to say her words and like speak this incantation, but it's like the evil that's surrounding him is trying to like sway him and make him feel like shit and yeah. that he can't do it. Les appears like Abe, but he continues to do it. I even like this cool choice of, um, his like speech bubble, the like stem of his speech bubble is over like over it like they're like one of the claws one of these demonic crow claws sort of like interrupts the speech bubble so it's like almost getting him you know you get the sense that like and abe's like really really small in this panel and completely surrounded by and you see like the crow even has like a humanoid sort of chest in this picture
1: yeah i love and i love the angle that's coming off of like the hand and then like the angle that leads to that body is coming directly from like Abe's head and up Mm -hmm. into the corner of the panel. I think that's, I love that panel. It's really, really cool. (laughs) So strong. And I I agree, like that simple touch of putting the claw over the speech bubble just, it's just showing you like they're
0: about to take, they're about to interrupt this, you know, like they could, they could, almost stop this thing they're almost trying to like overtake the power that is compelling abe here and they almost do but then abe suddenly like like kind of like his chest goes forward and his head goes back and continues to speak the words and her like either her or her mother's ghost sort of emerges i I would guess hers her like spirit emerges Uh, yeah he's like conjured her spirit to like come forward and now instead like there's this lighter presence that makes all these crows fly back and then Abe is completely like engulfed in her like light gold kind of shimmery sort of energy and then everything stops goes back to pretty placid the candles are like totally burned down and snuffed out he's just like finishing the whatever incantation but now all the crows are like receding and kind of escaping back out the window and we see the sculpture of this woman's mother kind of lying on the ground. And then her ghost leaves Abe and goes back into her body. And Abe's like, what's going OK, who who are you? What's going on here? Who are those little guys? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, OK, you got to tell me what's happening because this was this was big and scary. Uh, the seed we have planted here will take time to grow and what to do till then what harm in telling? So she's like, okay, we have a minute. I'll tell you what's going on. It's pretty rough. Like basically there were, this was an island full of lepers. It was fucking rough. There, there was that big fire where they like burned all of these lepers mm-hmm. and that was super evil. More evils drawn to evil. So you see this like slave trade came to the island and the blood from the victims from that uh, seeped into the earth and brought back the leprosy and like
1: cursed the island again. Ugh. That one page just describing that of the slaves and then the blood and then the the blood becoming like the leprosy is what? It's so dark and haunting.
0: Yeah, this like them, like this woman recalling the story you see these people being dragged by their necks and whipped and the Blood soaking, like, kind of soaking into the earth. Like, it's sort of like this, there's a lot of, like, serpentine kind of shapes here. There's, like, the chain that's being pulled is very kinetic and moving. The whip in the background is, like, silhouetted really starkly against the sky. And then that shape is sort of taken on this whole page. Like, the composition of this whole page is sort of winding like that because you have the red on the right side and this, like, swirly image of the whip and like their boils and you know wounds that are on their hands and face so your your eye is sort of like you know following this uh red color stark stark red color a really like interesting cool choice i wonder how closely to the like i wonder how closely jason sean alexander and dave stewart yeah are talking to each other like I wonder what the exchange there is or if they're just like if if like the artist just handed off to Dave Stewart and they're like, oh, you got this because you're like the MVP or whatever. But it's it's interesting. It's a really good, I think, choice to not only have this like visual, like inked shape of the whip, the blood, the wounds, but also to have that highlighted with the red in this panel, this whole panel of this guy being whipped is completely red. And then continuing the red color down, like I think is a really good choice.
1: Yeah. And I think in order to make that happen, they make a bold choice of putting in that fourth panel that's just black within the sound, with text bubble. But that like makes it so you don't, as you've already pointed out, it makes it so you don't lose any of that flow of that that, that trail of the blood which is really cool and it just illustrates plague like this thing is deep
0: and it highlights too woke that sleeping plague yeah it highlights that um speech that whatever that text yeah really interesting panel you know it's like like we sometimes say like i'm not gonna get a tattoo of this but it's a great page you know it's like the art is very good but it's also horrible <laughs> which yeah. like this whole I think that, you know, the horror of this story is so tangible and and real. It's a really interesting way of combining the supernatural with, like, actual human history and making it all that much more terrible, you know? Yeah,
1: you were right about that.
0: <laughs> and she so she continues explaining the story, like, um, ship stock coming here, uh, everything was fucked, basically, and then... Uh, who answered their prayers, the sea. He sent them his own child, as he had done uh, as he had done of old at Lido in Babylon. So you're getting this sense of like this is a very old ancient power that the sea is like answering these these people who are in despair. Um, he sends this little girl who is holding a fish, just like in the the little statue that we've seen earlier of this woman's mother who tells them to drown their saints and rededicate your church to the sea. And they did. Um, So they like renounced Christianity. They're like, fuck that. Uh, You know, where did Christianity leave us? Like on fire. So they've like the islanders, they were all cured. And the girl that was my mother, she gave birth to me. And, you know, and then I watch over these people as I'm alive. And and I was like sent this warlock this like box washed up for me to take care of basically as a little girl i found him and he would whisper to me he like talked to me trying to convince me to open the box and um help him and she kind of explains like so this guy's not just Epke vroom the dutch warlock that's like whose body it is but guess what the body has been inhabited by sedu one of the first tribe of the first people, so these like Hyperboreans, right. wizard and priest of the secret fire. And by his art, he escaped the destruction of Hyperborea. He went south to Atlantis, and there, by his craft, he made himself second only to, the, um, to her king. Then Atlantis goes to shit. Basically, like, wherever this guy goes, gets fucked up. He's like a very powerful figure who inhabits these bodies it's really cool
1: yeah i love that little totem standing for atlantis where it's just a giant fish with a city on its back i think that's so fucking cool
0: yeah it's awesome like all in her like cabinet are these like little yeah carvings that are uh serving her story atlantis was lost and all her people worshiping the black goddess and then we see this um this figure that we've seen a couple of times, this very mysterious Hyperborean uh, goddess, who we don't, like, super know. Like, there's a thing... Yeah, we don't know
1: yet everything about her.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There's, like, sort of the sense of, like, something that happens later. I think we get... Actually, I'm not sure if we get to it in the third issue, or fourth issue, so I won't say it yet. That kind of gives you a hint as to, like, how she might be associated with figures that we've seen... the story so far anyway so so this this bad this bad goddess is basically like associated with all this shit gives this warlock his power and he was forced to flee again because Atlantis was fucked and his little devils are hanging out with him I love these little carvings they're so cool yes
1: that's a very cool set (laughs) yeah
0: and they basically follow him around at this point humans have been created and they've started to take this take Sedubara's spirit and have him inhabit different human figures throughout history so we see like a sort of a like priest like an ancient looking priest and then we see an egyptian pharaoh we see i guess like a roman leader of some sort and then like some distinguished european or english guy (laughs) i'm sure he's supposed to be somebody i just am not sure who this portrait is
1: of um he's jack the ripper right Oh, is that what it is? Like I think because in the in the earlier they talk about how like Oh Edward Gray, Edward Grey, Edward had Grey a and falling the Queen, out with Queen Victoria about who the Jack Ripper was. Right, right, and it right. Seems, this is to me is like, oh, his last body before he descended into this where we now met met up for the story was Jack the Ripper. Cool. Uh, right. And they're, like, ch- been chasing him. Yeah, he looks exactly... This drawing looks
0: exactly like Jack the Ripper with the top hat and everything.
1: Yeah, that's very... That's a cool thing for the And the, the little Menial devils Universe. are,
0: like, hanging out there, like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to go? And then, yeah, so they take him into this Dutch body. They chose Vroomen, um, but he had an enemy close behind. So, so yeah, uh, Edward Grey is, like, about to kill this guy anyway. He, he, and he is like inhabited with this evil soul they're gonna try to take this uh Sedubara's spirit out of this body before edward gray can come kill him but gray shows up he's got the cool dagger stabs it into him and traps his body in there and then his body was contained within that box and even though it would like try to sweet talk this girl and like let me out let me out and then his his You know, it turned to like impatience, which turned to rage, which turned to hatred. Like he's like, you know, probably like cursing her, and Mm -hmm. he's stuck there. He can't do shit. He's trapped, and all his dreams are blood. (laughs) There's like some really cool, you know, her 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 language of it is really cool. But you know, I would love to read every line, but it would take a while. Yeah,
1: and that is a great one to highlight. Yeah, all his dreams are blood.
0: Yeah, and so she's worried. She's like, his little guys will set him free, and. You know, I, I basically will have failed. Like I failed to to keep the devils under control, but you guys came and kind of jostled everything and now they're awake. They had the strength to come ashore and like suck all the souls out of everybody. That's how they're getting all this power. So we got to go to them. But you you can't go into this church, okay? You just got to like, we're going to go. We're going to go there, but you're going to stay out of it because you're not ready for to see this shit that's going on in here, she tells Abe. We'll take the secret passage. It'll be so great. And Abe starts to take the secret passage and immediately is met with the spirit or I guess like her actual son.
1: Or I think no, it's his spirit. Her, his spirit. Because, because his body is being controlled by the devils.
0: You're right. Yeah. So his the son's spirit is down there. He's sobbing because he's like, yeah, they I've been killed and now they're going to use my body to pull the dagger out. You gotta get over there. They can't touch it, so they're using me. I'm trying not to, but they're they're going to make me do the bad thing.
1: The final page is the 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 as he says, I tried to keep it safe. We show that panel of the door, the door opening into the yes. church. And then we show all the, the, the three remaining demons, the one floating above the body of the sun mm-hmm. and uh, the warlock or verum's verum's body that they yeah. wanted to put them the 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 After the Jack the Ripper, then we have Varun who is going to be the next body. And then he says they can't touch it, so they're using me. I'm trying not to, but they're going to make me do the bad thing. Abe, of course, says the church, better hurry. The last shot of this panel is literally the sun's hand and all that glowing green light. Reaching for the dagger. That's, uh, that's it. Cool. What a crazy, uh, great cliffhanger moment. Thanks end, for stopping uh, me because I was just rolling along.
0: This is it's how I read. I just read the whole thing. I was like, I,
1: this shit's long. <laughs> I don't know. I got to figure out where. It must be. You must have. You must have. I don't know which one you're reading. It's I'm strange. reading
0: like some collected like Abe Sapien the Drowning and other stories. It's like just oh, some on. other collection.
1: Very strange. They didn't want to put the chapters in there. But that's yeah, okay. I don't know why. Can't judge it. But that's the end of chapter four. It's a wild ride. Um, I, I'm really enjoying the story. I mean, I'm, I'm going to feel like a broken record on just how much I just love. I love the tone that Mignola and Jason, Sean Alexander, and Dave Stewart have struck throughout the whole piece. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I, it just feels such an elevated HBO sort of, as we said. Truly, detect- yeah. Like, it just has such great eeriness. And I think that's. I think this is a great choice to in order to make it so distinct for, for Abe's first story about his 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 first the story about his first mission, mm-hmm. it was such a strong choice and I think good choice to make it Sean Jason Shawn Alexander's art versus Mignola's since we associate Mignola so much with Hellboy.
0: And it's also just like, I mean, Mignola draws amazing horror and like sets this great mood. But I think something about the like Jason Sean Alexander has this like slightly more realistic kind of painterly way rather than like a graphic action kind of a way that Mignola is is working in at this point in his career. And it's like I think that the that Jason Sean Alexander's art really serves the mood a lot. It's scary. Like this whole thing is so scary. This guy is a very I, evil wizard. Like it's it's a great way to have like this evil that kind of like travels throughout time from body to body of these like violent figures throughout history. That's a it's just a really scary idea.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I to to piggyback on what you just said, I think Jason Sean Alexander's realism and his his ink work it grounds this story because there's so much, there's so much inner supernatural and magical things mm-hmm. going. And, and I think I absolutely love that in that regard, the, the, he, his realism grounds it. It makes it even totally. more, it makes it more horrifying because it feels like a real world being consumed by this magical one. That's unknown. And almost it feels in, like uh, unstoppable. And yeah. I love that. And by grounding it, it makes it more terrifying.
0: Right. By having something be so ancient, which I guess is like, that's like Mignola setting this up. But like, it's such an ancient, you know, it's like a Lovecraft kind of thing where it's like so old beyond our comprehension, how old and evil this thing is. You know, yeah. like you get that sense from from this power. Um, totally, It's neat.
1: Yeah, it's just a strong everybody's. Everybody's killing it on all cylinders on this story, yeah, a hundred percent um any favorite panels dialogue anything that you want to like just call out for these last these two issues we covered? I gotta
0: think I mean that crow engulfing Abe while he's reciting the words to bring. Her, the witch's spirit back into her body like that whole sequence was really really interesting that panel in particular is just so cool the crow looks fucking awesome like the de- this huge demonic crow and the choice to interrupt the speech bubble with the figure of the claw is really interesting and it's not overused at all like they don't do it's like novel because they only do it once they never like really interrupt the speech bubbles like that in any other way I think that like, you know, I think like speech bubbles and shit are often overlooked as part of as like how tricky it can be to place them sometimes. And like how much consideration the artist probably has to take when deciding where to put them and like how does that affect how the reader hears the image? You know what I mean? Like it's really really well done in here the kind of stuff that like you know me too like i'm i don't really notice it a ton as i'm reading it the first time but as we're going back and reading it again together i like it really stands out to me like okay that is so that is done so in such a slick stylish fucking cool way
1: yeah and it makes you and it just puts another notch in like how much you love these guys that are the tops of their field and this in this medium the fact that they're giving that much consideration to where that lands so much thought goes into it you know yeah i love it and i piggybacking on what you're saying about this image and this is just a comment on the entire read thus far there's really never a, a, a traditional splash page ever in here but i think that's a good thing because i think What's really unique is that I think every panel, and I think I've said this before, maybe being a little broken record, but Jason, Sean, Alexander has allowed every panel to sort of complement the one that's coming next. It mm-hmm. always is building there, but then you have like a panel that when you just shouted out, which does stand out among, on its own, among that page, but it's it's complementary to what comes before it, and I think the whole book is full of that. Where you you almost get a a, a panel that could be a splash on its own, but you don't want it without. Like the one the page before when he when it's Abe and the the magic the swirl of crows, it works on its own. But you don't want you don't want to eliminate the one before where you see the claw hitting Abe's face
0: because you're just, getting this sense that it's happening so quickly and that it's like it, it's it's yeah it generates this sense of movement and like immediacy it, like it's happening so fast that no one moment really lingers for an entire page with yeah. the exception of like the serpent and abe falling down into the sewer but even that is not a, a traditional splash page like you said it's like you have this one long vertical panel long thin vertical panel of Abe being surrounded but not attacked by eels and then you have an right adjacent to it a huge long vertical panel just to give you like the breadth of the you know the size of the room you're like understanding the distance here and that and he's stuck like the creature is literally stuck in this drain hole and that's the only time that it stops for a moment like it's been so hectic and like such a crazy chase for Abe and this creature. And this is the one time that it stops, but it's still very scary because the sharp end of this monster is still facing Abe. So it's like, you don't really want a a full splash page. Like it's the, the energy that he's trying to convey doesn't require one.
1: A hundred percent agree. And even on that sequence that you're talking about, the next page where you technically have three panels but he does this great thing on the in the, the the bottom panel where the the demon sinks into the water. Mm-hmm. He's broken it up into three within that. But he chooses to do it a, a dark black ink, and it almost is very cool that he chose that because it's like it adds that choice of a black line to break those three up. It, it like feels adds like the same shot. The,
0: like if yeah. you're watching it in a film, it would be one shot of those three things happening quickly in a single shot.
1: Yeah, um, totally. And I and I think using a black line makes them, like you just said, fluid, and also adds to the dread of that guy's just demise.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, he's toast. Very cool.
1: Besides all that, my only other highlights, I think, I mean, I, things I've pointed out before, I, I won't repeat as we read it. But I think, I think that hand when the hand touches the the dagger and the that one panel where it's all, woof, and you just see all that power light up the demon Mm -hmm. and you never, I love, I love the choice that they just stayed on the hand and the power. They never show the full body get consumed, Right, but it's so powerful. You don't need it. And I think you're confident to know you don't need it.
0: I mean, just to see the remaining hand and the reaction from the other devils that are still left. It's like, okay, these guys can't touch this thing unless they want to be eviscerated.
1: And then in chapter four, I just, right the the page before the last this is a simple one but i just think this illustrates what you talked about kate was his is jason shaw alexander's grounded real realism is that there's the one panel where abe is saying oh god her son and it's just up in the top right corner and it's a close up in a sense on abe but i think i love i just the human face on abe here is just so it's just so grounded in realism that I absolutely just think it's a highlight. It's gorgeous, mm-hmm. and again, it it just highlights how much he's made Abe so relatable to us as readers in a sense. And I think yeah. that goes into his body and everything, and the way he's his poses and his his gravity that he has in his body. It's just great work.
0: It's such a good balance of having Abe be. Even like the story, it has this great balance of supernatural and real and Abe as a character, how he's depicted in the story is a great balance of supernatural and real because he's like relatable, but he's also a fish man. He like literally has fucking gills, but his facial expression is is really human. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's really hard to a hard thing to achieve. And it's. See it's done in a way that's like, oh, this must be easy, but it's fucking so hard. You are
1: right about that. Yeah. But they achieved it. They're achieving it. Dude. They're crushing they it. Really cool. Bunch of issues here. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to finish it in the next episode. We won't be finishing it this one, but any other final thoughts about anything that we maybe skipped over or you wanted to highlight?
0: No, I mean, that's kind of it. Just it was really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a great. It's tonally everything they're just it's great again another uh it's just great collaboration mm-hmm. is what i wanted to say yeah great we want to hear your thoughts listeners on what your thoughts on everything that we've discussed here in the issue if we've missed anything anything you want to highlight please reach out to us and tell us your thoughts at ah crap a hellboy at gmail.com that's just a w not a drawn out ah, like I just said, but ah crap, a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Any thoughts on this episode issue or anything that we've discussed in past episodes or in the future, of course? Um, I have one suggestion just off uh, for our listeners to watch, uh, read, watch, listen, or enjoy, um, because you you described those little demons as little Yodas. It made me go. It made me go. Oh, you know who else is like a little Yoda that's iconic in cinema is Miyagi, Um, I think. And they sort of are like that—a short, um, (laughs) short short and powerful. Yeah, short, powerful, (laughs) unassuming power in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you know, go back and check out the Karate Kid again.
0: Have you watched Cobra Kai? I haven't. Is it good? I do like it. I really like it. I think, and I think that they use the—they have like some clips from the movie throughout. I think they. I think they use it in a really clever, fun way.
1: Okay, oh, I, I was really me.
0: enjoying it. Yeah, I think I think it's
1: definitely worth a watch. I will check it out, and so should our listeners.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody, go watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jessica watched it for the first time. I'd seen it like years ago, but we rewatched it's a wild it. Ride. It's so rough. It's <laughs> so rough. It's scary as fuck, man. It's so creepy and weird. He
1: definitely changed the game. Hooper, I believe, is the director Hooper.
0: I couldn't even tell you, but we've been watching like uh, we've been watching a lot of the like Joe Bob Briggs is like this movie host. You talked about yeah, him last yeah. time. So yeah, So we've been watching a ton of his shit on Shutter and he's like a big fan of Texas Chainsaw, I think so. it's like the best movie ever made basically. I love it. Um and had a lot of like interesting stuff to say about the They'll, like production of the movie and everything so um, if you can watch that version cool if not then it's still worth a watch
1: it's also on Criterion Collection for anybody else there, out there like me that likes Criterion it's, it's scary as fuck dude Cause, because it's like 70s sort of changed in the movies in the 70s for horror specifically sort of started to change that genre yeah so, um, yeah it's very scary I agree and then it has a silly ending where he's doing ballet with a, a, a chainsaw on the very end like, <laughs> Uh, but that's a great suggestion I love that let's all watch that again but that being said we're we're wrapping up Um, I would say to our listeners um, if you can please um, go and rate and review us review us on whatever platform that allows you to but if you can please go out of the way to go onto Apple Podcasts slash iTunes give us a five star review if your review starts with the word boom you can, we will read your review right here on the show and we'll give you a big old shout out. We call those boom reviews. And also you can keep up on the podcast and uh, comment on anything we post as well on Twitter at awcraphellboy and Instagram at awcrapahellboypodcast. Um, we don't mention any of the comments here on the podcast on the regular um, there, but we will communicate with you and interact. But again, if you want your thoughts on the show, please email us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. But that's it. This is a great story. I'm really excited for to finish it up in the next episode. Jason Sean Alexander is killing it. That's it. Thank you again for listening and remember... We love you. Did I cut you off guard, Kate? No, <laughs> no. You, I, I seem like I maybe have did something that puzzled you. No,
0: no, I, like, no, oh, I my chair squeaked and I was like, I hope that doesn't show up on the E-e-e-e. that's all.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Michelle Veray And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media. Or wherever you find your podcast. Campfire.